y'all. Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we are talking about Season 7, Episode 4, called Defending Your Life. We start out in Dearborn, Michigan. It's nighttime. A man is running through the streets being chased by a car. He runs into an alleyway while the car continues along the road, and he rests, breathing heavily. He looks behind him and sees nothing, and then when he turns around again, the car is facing him. Why the is it always that way? It's like they turn around and, like, there's nothing there. They're like, oh, something was chasing me. There's nothing there. And then the second they turn around, it's right in front of them. Like, how... Like, I like expect that now in my life. Yeah. Seriously, like every time I'm like, I he- think I hear something, I'll like turn around and then like, I, just, I expect to see something in front of me when I turn back around. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. Supernatural has trained me in this way because it's yeah. how it happens every time. <laughs> That's true. That's funny. I don't think I do that. I'm going to start doing it now just because like, we talked about it. It's not like I do anything different, but I just ex- almost like half expect for something to be there. Like if there was something there when I turned back around, it would not surprise me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just like, it's all around. <laughs> <laughs> the man says that's impossible. And then the car charges towards him. He turns and runs with the car close behind. He enters the door of an apartment building, rushes up the stairs and lets himself into apartment where he leans against the wall panting. The man says, you're okay. You're okay. And then he realizes that he can see his own breath. The man hears the car rev its engine. It's in the room with him. It accelerates and crushes him against the wall. Then we get our opening title sequence. In a gross way, he gets crushed. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty gross. (laughs) It kind of like collapses the brick wall a little bit too. Yeah. I mean, it would. Yeah. Oh, well, you know. Yeah. Cars and brick walls. I think the car will not survive it, but the, the brick wall will not win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we cut to Sam and Dean uh, rolling up to the crime scene and getting out of the Impala. Lucifer, in Sam's head, says, Sam. Sam pushes his right thumb into his healed wound on his left hand. Dean says, feels wonky. Sam says, what? Dean says, working a regular job. Sam says, Bobby will call if anything flares up on the Leviathan front. In the meantime, you know you want to work this case, Dean. Cop on the wire sounded dumbfounded. Dean says, no arguments. It's kind of nice, you know. We're due for a little cut and dry. And uh, Sam and Dean hold up FBI badges, and a cop lets them through the do not cross tape. Dean says, you seem good. Sam says, I am, for me. By the way, thank you. Dean says, for? Sam says, Amy, I know you didn't want to let her go, but it was the right thing to do, so thanks. Dean says, no problem. Freaking liar, Dean. (laughs) Liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <clears throat> that um, commercial with, oh, I don't even know if, I think it's like a progressive commercial or something like that, where the guy's like, you know, liar, liar, pants on fire type situation. Like he says something and the one guy's pants catch on fire and the other guy says something that's obviously a lie. And, you know, like his pants catch on fire. And then the guy just looks down. And he's like, no mas pantalones. <laughs> <laughs> I have not Every seen time. that commercial. You've never seen it? No. It's so good. He just looks down. He's like, no more pants. <laughs> okay. It's, I think it's a progressive commercial. You should look it up at some point. It's okay. hilarious. But every I time I hear the like liar, liar pants on fire, I always think of that commercial now. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see it. That sounds pretty great. 
Okay, so we cut to inside the dead man's apartment. Sam and Dean show their FBI badges again. A detective says, welcome to crazy town. Population, one dead guy. Sam says, who was he? The detective says, Matthew Hammond seemed to have been crushed to death. Dean says, bye. The detective says, well, if we weren't on the 10th floor, I'd say by a car. So they go into the room where the man uh, was crushed and Sam starts EMFing. Sam says, it's going crazy. Dean says, some kind of ghost? Dean says, with a license? License to kill. So cheesy. I know. I love it. So bad. I know. Also, Sam there says, was a dog barking outside. And so now Hunter's kind of going insane. So he's, okay. he's fine, but he shouldn't bark anymore. <laughs> okay. In case no you worries. heard all the growling, that was what that was. <laughs> I heard what sounded like a car horn, but that might have been like in my neighborhood. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, Hunter was definitely like at the window. So, okay. Anyways. <laughs> Sam says, seriously? Dean says, what do you got? Sam bends over and picks something up off the ground and says, I don't know. It looks like some kind of powder. Dean says, sulfur? Sam says, no, just dirt. Could be Christine-like. Dean says, ugh, even possessed cars can't do stairs. It's something spectral. Dean picks up a token from a bowl and says, check this out. AA, 10 years, dead and sober. And Dean tosses the token to Sam. Dean says, double crappy. Sam is looking at some financial papers. He says, there's a charge that keeps coming up, 50 bucks a month at a place called Jane's. All right, congrats on your sobriety. Sam tosses the token back to Dean and says, I'll go find out what Jane's is. Dean says, I gave up AA for Lent. Sam says, we're not Catholic. <laughs> Dean says, always with the details. AA gives me the jeebs. Sam says, wow, shocker. Dean it says, would, because it probably makes him very uncomfortable to be called out multiple times <laughs> exactly. an hour or whatever the meetings are, you know? Yeah. Dean says, shut up. Sam says, fine, I'll hit the meeting. You go hit on Jane. So we cut to outside the Dearborn Outreach Center. Sam is talking with a woman. The woman says, Matt was a nice guy, kind of a tortured soul. Join the club. But he just seemed to have a lot going on. Sam says, any ideas what it was? Family? A girl? The woman says, he played it all pretty close to the vest. Something was eating at him, though. The last time I saw him, he almost slipped. Sam says, when? The woman says, just before he died, I guess. He called me from Neil's tavern, said he was an inch away from drinking, so I ran over and talked him off the ledge. Sam says, well, do you know what triggered it? The woman says, like I said, he didn't share much. So we cut to Jane's flower shop. A woman says, may I help you? Dean says, uh, yes. I, uh, and Dean shows her his FBI badge and says, just had a few questions about a customer of yours, name of Matthew Hammond. The woman says, oh, sure, he's not in trouble, is he? Dean says, actually, Mr. Hammond is no longer with us. The woman says, oh, now it all makes sense. Dean says, what does? The woman says, he came in a couple days ago, paid me three years in advance to keep his monthly delivery going. Dean says, and where did the flowers go? The woman says, a Miss Elizabeth Duran. Dean says, do you mind writing Elizabeth's address down? I'd like to pay her a visit. The woman looks a little uncomfortable. <laughs> so we cut I to mean, a grave. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, so we cut to a graveyard at night. Sam and Dean find the grave they're looking for. Dean says, here we go. Meet Elizabeth Duran. Sam says, wow, died at 10. Wow. So who was she? Dean says, I don't know. Why don't we chew on it back at the motel? So we cut to the boys' motel room. Sam is doing research on his laptop. Sam says, Elizabeth Duran killed 10 years ago when a neighbor backed out of his driveway. Didn't see her bike. No one was ever charged. Police ruled it an accident. Dean says, let me guess. The neighbors are 10th floor pancake. 
Sam nods and says, at least we know how, he, at least we know he felt bad. I mean, the flowers. Dean says, kind of make you wonder if the guy wasn't drunk when he ran her over. Dean goes to take a drink from his beer, then stops and looks at the bottle. Then he takes a drink. <laughs> Sam watches him. Sam says, yeah, all right. Well, regardless, now that we have a decent beat on the ghost rider, let's go. Dean says, what? Sam says, burn her bones, put her to rest. Dean says, the fun never stops. <laughs> so we cut back to the graveyard. Sam and Dean dig up the dead girl and salt and burn her bones. We cut to a street. A young man is running from a German shepherd who's chasing him. The man runs into a diner and closes and locks the door, then leans against it. The dog jumps up against it and starts barking. So the man runs into the men's bathroom. The man yells, keep that thing away from me. The dog is no longer. He just uh, wants to play. <laughs> I know. He's just a cute little pupper. <laughs> The dog is no longer at the front door. The guy locks the door of the men's room and takes out a cell phone. He says, all right. And he makes a call. A uh, 911 operator says, 911, what's your emergency? The man says, I need help. There's a dog after me. The woman says, what's your address? The man says, I don't know. I'm in some restaurant. <laughs> then the like, guy no. sees, I know. I don't know. I'm in a bathroom somewhere. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I'm locked in the toilet. Somebody please come get me. <laughs> Somebody help me. <laughs> <laughs> then the guy sees the dog in the mirror behind him watching him from the corner the woman on the phone says sir hello sir can you hear me and then the dog attacks the man screams no and then there's a lot of blood splatter like, the woman oh, on the phone, yeah. you know that thing went right for the throat too oh yeah like, with that kind of blood yeah yeah yep. the woman says sir you need to calm down we'll send paramedics just tell me where you are sir but the man is dead he didn't that's make it. Funny. Yeah, that's not funny. <laughs> I don't know why. I, like, huh, at the end of there, but that's fine. Yeah, so we cut to, yeah, we cut to Sam and Dean entering their motel room. Sam is reading the newspaper. Uh, Dean says, oh, another night at the office. Why don't you take the first shower? Sam says, listen to this. A local man, Christopher Fisher, was ripped to shreds in a wild animal attack last night. Dean says, it's a dangerous world out there. Dean lays down on a bed. Sam says, he was in a restroom of a diner. Dean sits up again and says, yeah, that doesn't sound right. Sam says, apparently none of the patrons saw anything. Guy calls 911 screaming about a dog, but the operator didn't hear anything either. Sam does some computer research and says, wow, looks like this guy had a history with dogs. Dean says, meaning? Sam says, five years ago, he was arrested for running a dog fighting operation. Yeah, Dean says, yeah. Dean says, classy. All right, so what? He causes so much misery that some Rottweiler goes Cujo on him from beyond the grave. Wait a second. Do do dogs even have ghosts? Sam says, first I've heard of it. Dean says, that sounds weird. Ghost dog. Sam says, no weirder than a ghost car, you know? Dean says, you know what does make sense? Vengeance on the guy that Michael Vicked you. I mean, I'm no one to judge, but it sounded to me like that guy had it coming. Sam says, maybe, but maybe not. So he got busted, got probation, started volunteering at an animal shelter. Dean says, yeah, because he had to. <laughs> Sam says, at first, yeah, but he kept going long after he served his time. Like he really got into it, raised a lot of money for the cause. Sam shows Dean an article on the laptop titled, Dog Shelter Thanks Volunteers for Efforts. Dean says, huh. Sam says, people change. Dean says, yeah, tell that to ghost dog. <laughs> Sam says, all right, get suited up. Let's go check out the body. Dean says, what? Sam says, what? Dean says, what? <laughs> Sam says, nothing. I, uh, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> Dean says, peachy. Yeah, let's do this. 
He's like, I don't wanna. <laughs> yeah. Dean's like, I just want to rest now. Uh, so we cut to Sam walking out of the Wayne County coroner's office. Sam says, so guess what I found? Red dirt under his nails on his shoes too. Dean says, just like the car crash guy's floor. Sam says, yeah. So it's got to be someplace around here. They both walked. Dean says, an apple farm? Uh, oh, I missed something. So we cut to the boys driving in baby. Dean says, an apple farm? Sam says, yeah, apparently whatever's in the red dirt makes great apples. Dean <laughs> says, wow, I'd be so interested in that if I ate apples. Which is kind of, I well, like, dude, eat a, eat a fruit every once in a while. It's not going to hurt you. In fact, it'll probably help you. <laughs> yeah. But like... I think it's interesting because Washington is like the highest apple producer, I think, from what I've, from what I remember hearing in like the whole U.S. Mm -hmm. And like, we don't, well, I guess over in Eastern Washington, there's, is there a lot of red dirt out there? I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't know that Washington produced most apples either. You know uh -huh. what I did hear though? You know how there, there's like Walla Walla onions are like a big thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I knew a truck driver who was driving a truck full of onions to Walla Walla. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well. <laughs> I know. So their onions aren't even from there. They just go there. <laughs> so they make made a pit, pit stop. stop. So they're like, hey, yeah. we've been to Walla Walla. So we're going to label it. Well, it's just a type of onion, you know? Like, yeah. my guess is that that's probably where it started was, a is, was in Walla Walla. But then, yeah. like... I'm sure people, you know, bought seeds or whatever it is that you do for onions. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. I just felt go. so betrayed when I learned that. I was like, oh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, yeah. I never really thought about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that truck driver. He's like in his 50s. He was my... Uh, one of my ex-boyfriend's neighbors and we spent a lot of time with him he was super funny yeah and then I broke up with the boyfriend and I went and saw the truck driver one day just to hang out for a little while because we were friends mm -hmm. and when we were saying goodbye he totally kissed me oh it was just like a little peck that I wasn't expecting and I was like ah <laughs> oh, what happened you're a lot older than me <laughs> what's happening right now <laughs> And my ex-boyfriend's neighbor, like, this is not what I came over for. So I never, yeah. I never saw him again. <laughs> yeah, no, I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, he was this super sweet turn, though. You know? We had, we had some good times together. So that was kind of a bummer. Oh, I'm sure he's not a bad person, but like that would throw me off a little, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was weird. It, it was would, it definitely would. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Sam says, so this one's supposed to be pretty old, mostly abandoned, few hundred acres. Dean says, a few hundred, we're going to be searching all year. Just then, an older man runs out into the road and holds out his arms to stop the car. Dean says, whoa, and he stops the car right in front of the man. Sam and Dean get out of baby. Sam says, hey, are you okay? Dean says, guy just jumped in front of a car, Sam. Sam says, uh, do you want us to help you, sir? The man is breathing heavily like he's been running. Dean says, okay, well, why don't we get you out of here before you get road killed, huh? The man says, yeah, okay. So we cut to the boys' motel room. Sam gives the man, uh, Sam gives the man named Warren a drink. Um, Sam says, "So Warren, just uh, take a minute and tell us what's going on." Warren says, "Look, you're good people. I can see that, but you can't do anything for me. No one can." Dean says, "Why not?" Warren says, "Cause it's impossible. You won't even believe me." Dean says, "We'll try us." 
Warren says, I was just put on trial and sentenced to death. Dean says, what did you do? Warren says, held up a liquor store. I killed the owner and his wife. I wasn't thinking. I was young. Dean says, young? When was this? Warren says, 1981. Dean says, and they just put you on trial? <laughs> Warren says, no, no, I just got out of prison. Dean says, okay, you're making less sense the more you talk. Mm -hmm. He gets up and approaches Warren, but Sam stops him and says, no, it's okay. Just go on. Warren says, I did 30 years. I just got paroled. Not that you're ever free of that. I think about it every day. Sam says, so then what were you running from? Warren says, well, I told you, the trial. All I know is one minute I'm at the bar and the next I get jumped, wake up in a damn courtroom. Dean says, courtroom? Like a courtroom? Warren says, well, no. <laughs> what other... <laughs> I know. What do you mean by a courtroom? I'm pretty sure that's a pretty straightforward statement. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's no, like, oh, this is a oddly specific, you know? Like you're just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Warren says, well, no, there was a judge. Everything was crazy. It was in a barn. Sam says, at the apple farm? Warren says, yeah. Sam says, and this bar where you were grabbed? Warren says, Neil's Tavern. Sam says to Dean, same place Matthew Hammond went before his car accident. Think maybe dog guy went there too? Dean shrugs. Sam says to Warren, is there anything else you can tell us? Warren says, you believe me? Who the hell are you? <laughs> it's like, um, okay, I don't know who's crazier, you or me. Yeah. Sam says, we kind of specialize in crazy. So uh, this judge, does he have a name? Warren says, no, but there were these weird symbols. Sam says, symbols, do you remember any of them? Can you draw them? And Sam gets Warren some paper and a pencil. Dean says, excuse this a sec. Dean says to Sam, can I talk to you? So they go outside the motel. Sam says, what is it? Dean says, what is it? Sam, how about a drunk driver, Michael Vick, and a murderer? Sam says, and? Dean says, and when did our black and white case turn to mud? I'm just saying I'm having a hard time not rooting for the ghosts on this one. Sam says, no, you said it yourself. It's not on us to judge. Dean says, yeah, except that's complete crap. Everybody judges all day long. Look, I'm supposed to ignore what that guy did. Sam says, we've shot people, Dean, more than two. Dean says, yeah, you know what? When those ghosts come to kick my ass, they got a compelling case. <laughs> Sam says, so what? You're saying, what, you don't want to work the job anymore? Dean says, I'm just saying, you know, one simple friggin' day on the job. Is that too much to ask? Sam says, well, look, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go try and find that barn. Are you coming? Dean says, I'm going to check that bar. Sam says, to work or drink? Dean says, I haven't decided. And he walks away. <laughs> I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> yeah. Dean is clearly having issues about like his guilt with a killing Amy. In this oh, episode. for sure. Yeah. He's like super nonstop drinking. He so. can't handle it very well. Yeah. So back in the motel room, Warren says, what's going on? Where'd he go? Sam says, he, uh, everything's fine. Look, let's go back to that farm. Warren says, oh, no, no, I'm not going back. Sam says, Warren, I need your help finding that barn. Warren says, it's red. It stands out. I'm not going back. He's like, <laughs> there you there. go. I'm yeah. giving you your directions. It's a <laughs> big red barn. Way. <laughs> uh, Warren says, they're out there. Sam says, who? Warren says, the people I killed. I just, no, no. Sam says, you're safer with me than not. Warren says, no. Sam says, okay, fine. And he takes the drawings from Warren and then uh, makes a salt circle around Warren's chair. Sam says, I need you to stay inside the circle until I get back, okay? It'll protect you. Warren says, how? Sam says, just trust me, okay? I'm trying to help. Sam turns on the TV and gives Warren the remote. 
and says, stay put. And then Sam makes a phone call. Sam on the phone says, Bobby, hey, me, listen, I'm sending you some symbols to look up. Sam leaves the room and mouths, stay put to Warren. So we cut to Neil's tavern. A man bumps into Dean, but ignores him. Dean says, no, excuse me. Ah, dive, sweet dive. <laughs> and Dean sits down at the bar. The bartender says, hey. Dean says, uh, well, now I know why everybody comes here. <laughs> because the bartender is gorgeous. And let me tell you, she is totally an actress on the Hallmark Channel, which I love and adore. Huh. So I saw her and I was like, oh, it's you. <laughs> That's a different, that's a weird crossover to go from Hallmark to Supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> Not saying yes, it that is. it couldn't happen, but like, good grief. I was surprised you know? by it. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, it's you. I was so happy to see her. Um, uh, the bartender says, what can I get you? Dean says, scotch and a soda. You know what? Hold the soda. Make it a double. So you work the night shift. The bartender says, why? You plan on making this a regular thing? In <laughs> laughs. She's like, please do, please do. I know. <laughs> Dean laughs and says, no, I just got a few questions. Believe it or not, I'm a cop. The bartender says, I believe it. You look like you've seen some crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was off all week, but Frank will be back tomorrow. Dean says, right, uh, I'll do another. And the guy that bumped into Dean is eavesdropping. The bartender pours Dean another drink. The bartender says, love life or job? Two quick doubles. It's something. I'm Mia, by the way. Dean says, well, Mia, that is a complex question. I'm Dean, by the way. Mia says, well, Dean, luckily I'm like a captive shrink with unlimited alcohol. So shoot. Dean laughs again and says, you like to hear people's problems, do you? Mia says, I get curious on occasion. Mm -hmm. Mia pours another drink for Dean and one for herself. Dean says, work thing, since you asked. You ever do something behind someone's back because you had to? Mia says, now you feel bad? Well, Dean, if you had to, why feel guilty? That doesn't make any sense. Dean says, hmm, and they clink glasses. Dean says, well, you know, we don't have enough room for the worms if we pop that can, sister. <laughs> Dean taps his glass, asking for another drink. Mia says, you may want to slow your roll there. Dean says, the more I drink, the better I tip. Mia says, yeah, well, I'm off in an hour. Yeah, Mia says, yeah, well, I'm off in an hour, so don't pass out on me. Dean says, well, then I think I'll switch to beer. Mia says, good choice. So we cut to the apple farm. Sam parks and gets out a baby with his gun out. He checks out the barn. The floor it has red dirt. And then his phone rings. It's Bobby. Sam on the phone says, hey, Bobby, what do you got? Bobby says, those chicken scratches, definitely Egyptian. Book of the dead. Sam says, so good news then. Bobby says, they identify the god Osiris. Uh, did I say that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Real authoritarian type. He gets a hold of you. He's judge, jury, and executioner. Lore says that he can see directly into the human heart. He weighs the guilt. If he finds more than a feather's worth, boom, you're done. Okay, but like, you could have more than a feather's worth of guilt about like, literally anything. So yeah, <laughs> that's what I, I was kind of like, okay, well, that's a system that's set up for failure to begin with, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, so what's he doing in Dearborn? Bobby says, well, it seems he just pops up and does his circuit judge act and then disappears again. That's all I got so far. Uh, you know what this means. Sam says, yeah, we got to find him before he goes underground again. Bobby says, no, you idiot. It means you two got to get the hell out of Dodge. This guy hones in on people who feels guilty. Who does that sound like to you? So we mm -hmm. cut to outside the tavern. Dean is giving himself a pep talk. <laughs> 
Dean says, it's been a while, but you owe yourself. It's He's nothing like, but you a, can do this. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing but a ground ball. You just got to put your mitt down. You are Dean Winchester. This is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, figure it out, man. <laughs> it must have been a really long time before, like, since Dean's got, like, you know. Yeah. I gone to pound so. town. Yeah. Like. I would never imagine that he would have to like give himself a pep top. It would pep, pep top, pep talk. <laughs> It'd be more of a, and here we go, you know, sort of situation yeah. rather than like, you can yeah. do it. You got it, man. Let's go. <laughs> because before Lisa, I remember there was that episode where he was like dancing in the hotel room window, you know, about to like get with a girl. and Oh, the one. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So is this his first um, encounter since Lisa? Probably. Yeah. Which would make sense why he's freaking out a little bit. Yeah, he is freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no! I love oh, I it. Do. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so Dean's, <laughs> Dean's, phone, Dean's phone rings, uh, and we see only his shadow now on the tavern wall. An arm grabs him and pulls him away, and he drops his phone on the ground. Uh, we cut to Sam still at the apple farm. He's the one who's calling Dean. Sam says, dude, third message. You better not be loaded. Call me. This is important. <laughs> Sam, sang up. Sam hangs up and then his phone rings and he picks up. Uh, Sam says, Dean, about time. Man, I, uh, but it's Mia. She says, uh, hello. Sam says, who is this? Mia says, oh, well, I just picked this off the ground where I've been standing for 10 minutes listening to it ring. Is this Dean's phone? Sam says, yeah. Mia says, well, he was supposed to meet me here. Sam says, <laughs> where like, are dirty, you? Dirty, rotten thing. <laughs> I know, right? I'd be so disappointed. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that would be the fucking worst. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> I know. Go ahead. Uh, Sam says, where are you? I can be right there. So we cut back to the boys' motel room. Warren is still sitting in the salt circle. The, DV- the DVD, the TV starts to static and <laughs> the light mean, starts know. to flicker. Yeah, he can see his own breath. Warren says, Sam, the light bulb explodes and he gets up, breaking the salt line and runs out into the hall. He sees the ghosts of the people he killed. Warren says, no, please, I'm sorry. The male ghost raises a gun at him. Warren says, please. The male ghost says, you did it to us. And then the male ghost fires the gun. Uh, We cut to outside Neil's tavern. Sam meets Mia and she gives him the phone. Mia says, here it is. Uh, Well, I hope he's okay. Sam says, now where exactly did you find this phone? Mia says, "Uh, there, and she points. Sam says, thanks. Sam goes to the spot Mia pointed to and finds red dirt. So we cut to the apple farm barn. Sam walks in with a shotgun. In another room, Dean is chained to a chair at a table. There's a throne and and Egyptian statues all over the room. Dean says, really, Warren? All you noticed were the symbols? <laughs> Suddenly, like, a sim- really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's freaking huge ass statues all over the room. I think that's what I would notice. I think it, I would be like, okay, I feel like I'm inside of a pyramid right now. You know? Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that I've ever been to a pyramid, but still, I would feel like that would be kind of, you know, like, it would be very Egyptian, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I'd feel really claustrophobic inside one of the pyramids. So I don't ever want to go in, to be honest, because there's like passageways that you have to like basically crawl through to get into the next room. And yeah, I don't know how like 
I'm not a super claustrophobic person, but I would, I think, well, I should say I didn't used to be a very claustrophobic person, but now I think over time I've gotten worse about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just kind of one of those like, uh, you know, like, I don't know about any of this, you know? Yeah. I think I'd be claustrophobic. Have you ever seen the movie, The Descent? No. Mm-mm. Okay. That's the next horror movie we're watching together. Okay. <laughs> it is fucked up. It's these girls who go like cave splunking. Yeah. And they have, so they have to like crawl through like tiny little holes and rocks. And one of them at this one point gets stuck and, and like the, like the rocks start shaking and she starts having a panic attack and you're like right there in her face with her. Yeah. And it, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a really scary movie in general because there's these creatures down there. I'm not ruining it for you. Yeah. There's these creatures down in the caves who are like killing them, oh, okay. but it is like, it is a fucked up movie. Dear God, it's a fucked up movie. I can't wait for you to see it. You're going to like it. So what you're telling me is that you're not going to go to the ape caves with me then. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Do you know what they are? I mean, they're caves with with apes. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so Mount St. Helens, after it blew, it left this huge lava tube. I mean, I'm talking like a couple stories high underground. Like, so it's not a small... I mean, it's all underground, but it's yeah. not a small like area and there's like mm-hmm. rock scrambles and stuff. I think Killian would love it. Eric would probably think it was entertaining too. But so you basically, you go down one side and there's no rock scrambles or anything. You're just kind of like walking in a tube and you get to see kind of like, there's like little sparkly parts on the walls and all that. It's kind of fun. You'd need that like a cool. headlamp, you know, on the yeah. other side though, there's all these rock scrambles. So you get to like crawl over rocks and stuff and like, like he, Killian would have a grand old time with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That does but yeah. Cool. And then part of it is like, there's like a little like seven foot wall. So you have to like, you know, scurry up the wall. And so you're usually like pushing each other up the wall, you know, yeah. <laughs> to get to the end. And then you like crawl up a, like a ladder type thing at the end and you pop up and you're, you have like a mile walk back to get to where you started. So it's not like a huge, like, thing it only takes like well I mean with somebody with Killian size legs it would probably take a couple hours but it's yeah. fun you know like it's a cool that sounds little... pretty cool yeah, yeah. like as long there's... as it's like wide open area I mean opposed... it's dark under there because you're underground so you have to have like your headlamp you know yeah I don't know it sounds a little hinky I think you'd actually like it like I I I've definitely felt like a little claustrophobic the last yeah. few years but when I did it I didn't feel that way at all it was just kind of like oh, okay. okay you know so yeah we'll but, see yeah we'll see you'll have to look it up and tell me what you think okay because <laughs> we should right. do that this summer if that's a thing oh that would be fun okay I mean if Eric and Killian can do it I can do it yes also I have drugs to help me do it <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> you're like we're good we're good we're fine we're good we're fine <laughs> Yeah, I'll bring my flask for sure. <laughs> oh, do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay, where was I? Uh, okay, so suddenly Osiris is sitting on his throne. It's the guy who shoulder checked Dean and eavesdropped at Neil's tavern. Osiris says, Quit squirming, Mr. Winchester. They're Houdini proof. Now you want to talk charges? Or Dean says, I'd rather talk about your Bukowski, your Bukowski shtick at the bar. Well, you can't jump a guy when he's sober. 
Osiris says, you and that waitress had quite a talk, huh? Get a couple of drinks in you and the guilt comes pouring out. Dean says, oh, eavesdropping. That's cute. <laughs> Osiris says, speaking of, you're going to skulk all night, Sam? The door slides open and Sam is standing there. Dean says, he's Sam? Like, hey. <laughs> he's like, I was just uh, standing here. Uh. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, Sam? Osiris says, nice job finding us. I assume you figured out who I am, too. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, you want to fill me in? Sam says, Osiris, he's an Egyptian god. Osiris says, ta-da, now go about your business, Sammy. Sam says, look, if anyone should be on trial, it's me. Osiris says, that's for me to decide. Now go away. Sam says, but he he has the right to an attorney, doesn't he? <laughs> He's like, ah. <laughs> Osiris says, huh. Sam says, let me defend him. Osiris says, well, that's unusual. <laughs> Sam says, are you going to respect his rights or not? <laughs> Osiris says, why not? Dean says, uh, Sam, you're not a lawyer. Sam sits down next to Dean and says, I was pre-law. Dean says, yeah, pre Osiris says, All You right didn't then. actually learn the law. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. <laughs> Osiris says, All right, then, let's get started. Now, the list of witnesses I can call endless. Sam says, Objection. Osiris says, Are you going to let me finish my sentence, Sam? Sam says, No, this isn't fair. Osiris says, Fair. I'm sorry. Moving on. I can make it very <laughs> like, simple. Um, don't care. <laughs> yeah. Three witnesses. Sam says, Objection. Osiris says, grounds. Sam says, witness is being called without prior notice. Dean says, good one. Sam says, I saw that on the good wife. <laughs> Os Osiris says, yes, very fine objection. Denied. Sam says, what? Why? Osiris says, because I'm the judge, son. Now stop objecting or I'll find you in contempt. That is, kill you. So I advise you to let me move it along. The prosecution calls Joanna Beth Harvell to the stand. And Joe's ghost appears. She smiles at them. Yeah. Oh. I love Joe. <laughs> I was so, I remember the first time I watched this, I was so like shocked to see her. And they made her look, you know, dead and very ghostly. dead. Yes. Yeah. She's very pasty and just kind of colorless. They did her a good job. And everything. Yeah. It's good to see her though. Mm -hmm. Dean says, Joe. Joe says, Sam, Dean, long time. Osiris motions and Joe takes a seat close to Osiris's throne. Osiris says, state your name for the court. Joe says, Joe Harvell. Osiris says, and what was your relationship to Dean Winchester? Joe says, we work together. And we get some flashbacks of their first meeting and then arguing on the job. Osiris says, isn't it true that you admired him? Joe says, well, as a hunter, yeah. As a guy, he was kind of a jerk. <laughs> Dean looks a little hurt. <laughs> I mean, it's fair, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, Osiris says, so you saw him as a mentor of sorts. Joe says, I wouldn't put it like that. Osiris says, how would you put it? Joe says, I don't know. I trusted him. So if you're trying to say that he was a bad guy or something, Osiris says, was it hard? Joe says, what? Osiris says, working with him, considering your feelings. Joe says, no, what feelings? Osiris says, you would have done quite a bit for him, followed him into any battle. Joe says, I know what you're getting at, and it's bull. Osiris says, so Dean had nothing to do with your first case, the one that started it all. And we get some more flashbacks of them working together. Joe says, it wasn't like that. Osiris says, no feelings, none at all. You would have chosen the same exact road, ended up in that hardware store holding the fuse. Dean says, oh, you're a piece of work, you know that, putting words in her mouth? Osiris gestures towards Dean and Dean gulps. Suddenly he can't open his mouth. 
Osiris says, keep him under control, counsel, or I'll remove his tongue. Osiris gestures again, and Dean takes a deep breath. Osiris says, your witness. Sam gets up and goes over to Joe and says, Joe, so uh, your dad was in the life. Joe says, yes, he was. Sam says, and your relationship with him? Joe says, good. I mean, Sam says, you idolized him. Joe says, basically. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Sam says, so why'd you start? To impress some loudmouth ass you just met or because you wanted to be like your dad? Joe says, daddy issues. Definitely. Listen, Dean, I don't. Osiris gestures with his hand and Joe disappears. Osiris says, all right, you two can have a moment to strategize and then I'll call my next witness. Sam sits down next to Dean again. Sam says, all right, who's the next witness? He looked at you like you'd know. Dean says, I got no clue. The whole thing's like a friggin' episode of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Osiris says, next witness. The prosecution calls Sam Winchester to the stand. Osiris motions to the witness chair, so Sam sits in it. Osiris says, Sam, not exactly the life you expected, is it? Sam says, details a little different. Osiris says, for a while there, you were going to be a real lawyer, Mary Jess. Sam says, yeah, that was a long time ago. Osiris says, but were you or were you not happily out of the family racket until Dean showed back up at that with Okay. <laughs> until Dean showed back up in that gas guzzler. Aha, uh -huh, the truth now, Sam. We get some flashbacks of the pilot episode of Sam and Jess smooching and her burning on the ceiling and Sam and Dean fighting. Sam says, it's complicated. Osiris says, that one act had quite a domino effect come back your girl's dead sam says well that wasn't his fault osiris says sure and neither is everything that came after all the death and the blood and hanging on by a thread none of that is on dean directly we get flashbacks of dean punching sam dean shoving ben ronald being shot uh, in the episode night shifter pamela bleeding to death uh, dean holding a dying sam and dean holding a bleeding lisa and dean crying as he tells sam about torturing souls in hell Osiris says, but don't you think that your brother dragged you back into that catastrophic mess because he'd rather damn you than blah, 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 blah. Okay, I can do this. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, because he'd rather damn you with him than be alone. Sam pauses and then says, no, one way or another, I would have gotten pulled back in. Osiris says, you know that for certain? Sam says, pretty sure. Osiris says, pretty sure. Sam says, I'm positive. Osiris says, I believe you. Hey, if it was about convincing me, I would say, Sam says, what? Osiris says, I don't decide anything, Sam. I don't decide Dean's guilt. I just weigh the guilt that's already there. This is solely about how Dean feels way deep down. Them's the breaks. Sam says, wait, so if Dean believes he's innocent, then he is? Osiris says, if, a big if. Why do I bring up the past? To see if he feels like dog food about it. People want to be judged. They really do. When your heart's heavy, let me tell you, real punishment's a mercy. Sam says, I want to call Dean to the stand. Osiris says, oh, you do now? There's an order to this stuff, you know? Okay, I'll allow it. Osiris snaps his fingers and Dean's chains fall off. Dean sits in the witness chair and Sam stands in front of him. Sam says, so Dean, when you came and got me, did you know Jess would die or any of it? Dean says, of course not. Sam says, right, how could you? I mean, are you psychic? That's a question. Dean says, oh, no, definitely not psychic. Sam says, great, why would you feel guilty about not predicting the future? Dean says, yeah, I guess that doesn't make any sense. Actually, yeah, no, I don't. Sam says, what about Joe? Did you actually kill her? Dean says, uh, no. 
Sam says, isn't it true that you don't feel guilty about her? That you're just sad she's dead? That it just blows? Dean says, actually, yeah, maybe, yeah. Osiris says, mm -mm -mm. I like your style, Sam. Very engaging. Sam says, Dean, does any of this feel like it's really on you? Dean says, not really. Sam says, then is your heart heavy with guilt or just plain heavy and none of this guy's business? Dean says, uh, what you said, the second thing. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, then I rest my case. Osiris says, very good, both of you. All right, because I really enjoyed that. I'm going to be generous and ask, Dean, do you want me to call my last witness? We get flashbacks to Dean stabbing Amy. And then Sam saying, I know you didn't want to let her go, but it was the right thing to do. And Dean saying, no problem uh, from the beginning of this episode. Osiris says, or have we had enough? Dean sighs heavily. Sam says, what the hell is he talking about? Dean says, enough Allie McBealing. Just drop the hammer, will ya? Sam says, wait, Dean, he's giving us more time. Dean says, it's not going to make a difference, Sam. Osiris says, you need another moment? You done? Osiris slams his staff on the ground three times and says, the courts reached a verdict. I find you, Dean Winchester, guilty in your heart and sentenced you to die and sentence you to die i'd suggest you I get sentenced your you already <laughs> yeah it has been sentenced in the past i suggest you get your fares in order quickly so we cut to outside the boys motel room sam and dean pull up and baby a policeman wheel away warren's body in a stretcher inside the motel room they see the broken salt line sam says damn it i told him dean says osiris would have gotten to him one way or another guy's bad in a thousand sam says there's still time we can figure something out the boys do some more research and then Sam's phone rings. Sam says, Bobby, what do you got? Bobby says, a way to give Osiris a dirt nap. Sam says, good, we need it. I like that, a dirt nap. A dirt nap, yep. <laughs> Bobby says, now as near as I can figure, it ought to put him down for a couple centuries at least. It's worked a few times since the pharaohs were brig. Sam says, so it's temporary? Bobby says, long temporary. I say we slap that bandaid on and leave finding a cure to some hunter in a spacesuit. <laughs> now you're going to need to stab him with a ram's horn. Sam says, a ram's horn? Where am I going to find a ram's horn in Dearborn? Bobby says, no clue, but make sure it's a sharp piece. He ain't going to let you stab him twice. Sam says, yeah, thanks. Sam hangs up and does some more research on his laptop. Sam says, ram's horn. Ah, okay. Apparently, Jewish people blow through them once a year. Dean says, where are you going to find one this time of night? Sam says, a uh, synagogue? Dean says, you're going to steal from a temple? Well, that's a new low. Sam says, you're on death row, Dean. Quit joking around. Here. It's like we've literally stolen from many other places. Like, I'm pretty sure that this is not the worst of them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, quit joking around. Here. Keys. I'll be back. Dean says, the dick's going to sick Joe after me, Sam. Sam says, you're a hunter, Dean. You know how to deal with ghosts. Dean says, so you're suggesting I kill her again? He's like, Sam. but I like Joe. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, you didn't kill her, Dean. I'll hurry. So Sam leaves and Dean makes a salt circle around himself. Dean says, you can come out now. So we cut to a synagogue. Sam finds a ram's horn and picks it up. A rabbi comes into the room and turns on the light. The rabbi says, I guess I'm guessing you're not here for bar mitzvah lessons. Sam says, uh, <laughs> so we cut to Neil's tavern. A woman talks uh, to Mia while Osiris watches. We cut back to Dean in his motel room. Joe is there. Joe says, you know I'd never do this. Dean says, I know. Joe says, I guess it's his thing. Some kind of twisted eye for an eye. Dean says, it's okay. Joe says, no, it's not. You deserve better. Dean says, no, you did. You deserved better, Joe. 
We cut to Sam driving baby with the ram's horn beside him. Back in their motel room, Joe says, Dean, my life was good, really. Dean says, he was right, you know, that dick judge about me. Joe says, no, he wasn't. Dean says, you were a kid. Joe says, not true. Dean says, you and Sam, I just, you know, hunters are never kids. I never was. I didn't even stop to think about it. Joe says, it's not your fault. It wasn't on you. Dean says, no, but I didn't want to do it alone. Who does? No, the right thing would have been to send your ass back home to your mom. Joe says, like to have seen you try. He was right about For one thing. Like, oh, she would I know. Have just found her way back. Oh, yeah. Joe is a stubborn piece of work. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's <laughs> yeah. great, but she's stubborn. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Joe says, he was right about one thing. Dean says, what, your massive crush on me? Joe smiles and says, shut up. You carry all kinds of crap you don't have to, Dean. It just gets clearer when you're dead. Dean says, well, in that case, you should be able to see that I am 90% crap. I get rid of that. What then? Joe says, you really want to- Then you're just beautiful. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) You get rid of all the crap, but then you're just a beautiful, beautiful person. (laughs) Just just astounding beauty. (laughs) Yes. Uh, okay where was I Joe says you really want to die not knowing Dean says yeah Joe says it's time and she goes over and turns on the burner on the gas stove Uh, we get flashbacks of Dean making explosives and putting the detonator in Joe's hand Dean kissing Joe and then the hardware store exploding we cut back to Neil's tavern the woman leaves the bar and walks down the street Osiris waits around a corner we cut back to Dean Joe disappears from the oven and reappears outside Dean's salt circle. Joe says, come on, Dean. I used to hunt ghosts. I know the tricks. The window glass freezes over and shatters and wind blows the salt, breaking the circle. The wind blows on the salt, (laughs) breaking the circle. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Joe says, he's making me do this. Dean says, it's okay. So they cut back to Osiris. The woman gets to her car, drops her keys, and picks them back up. Osiris puts his hand on her shoulder, turns her around, and covers her mouth with his hand as she tries to scream. We cut back to Dean. Joe takes a Zippo out of Dean's pocket. We get flashbacks to Dean putting the detonator in Joe's hand. Uh, They look longingly at each other, which is really cute. Uh, we cut back to Osiris. Sam comes up behind Osiris and stabs him with a ram's horn. Osiris's eyes shine to uh, shine blue light and his face shrivels up and he collapses. We cut back to Dean. Joe caresses Dean's face and then she disappears. Dean says, Joe. So we cut to daytime. The boys are drinking beers next to a river. Sam says, so it seems like, you know, she was in pain. Dean says, no, no, she just kind of was faded. Regular Joe. Actually, maybe a little happier. I like that. I like that Joe is happier now that she's dead. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, let's be real. Her life was not, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't amazing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. So Dean takes a drink of his beer and says, I got a question. So where the hell did that come from? Volunteering to defend me. Sam says, he was going to kick me out. Dean says, I don't know, man. In another life, you might have made a pretty decent scuzz bag. Sam laughs. <laughs> Sam says, I'm 0 for 1, Dean. Dean says, ah, oh, it's not your fault. You were pretty convincing. Sam says, so who is he talking about? Dean says, who? Sam says, that whole final witness thing. Dean says, no idea. Honestly, that could be just about anybody dead we know. By the way, I mean, I get why Judge Judy put me on trial. I got guilt coming out of my pores. But why'd he skip you? Sam says, I think I just don't 
feel guilty anymore. Dean says, come on. Sam says, look, I don't know what to tell you, Dean. I mean, I spent a lot of time feeling pretty crappy, like my whole life. Dean says, what, you got a secret stash of happy pills? Sam says, hell. Dean looks confused. Sam says, look, I'm not saying it's logical. I just, you know, I feel like I did a lot of stuff I should have felt bad for. And then I paid a lot of dues and came out the other side, you know? Dean says, and that worked? I mean, you really feel like your slate's wiped? Sam says, no, nothing ever gets wiped. And I'm just going to giggle because they're talking about wiping. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can never wipe it all the way. Oh, that would be awful. <laughs> that would be awful. This is what wet wipes are for, folks. <laughs> that is exactly right. Once you go wet wipe, you never go back. That's what I say. Uh, Sam says, you know, sometimes I see Lucifer when I friggin' brush my teeth, but I don't know. I guess I just finally feel like my past is my past and I can move on with my life, you know, hopefully. Dean says, eat, eat, blah, 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 blah. Dean says, easier <laughs> said than done. Sam says, not arguing that. Dean says, well, I don't know whether to be jealous or weirded out. Sam says, you'll get used to it. I mean, I don't want to sound lame, but I kind of feel good, Dean. Dean says, well, you are going to be a pleasure to ride with. He's like, ah, great. (laughs) They get into baby and drive away and credits. Okay. So I would just like to point out a couple of things. Okay. (laughs) The very first, as we're getting into these thoughts, (laughs) like, okay, how would these guys, first of all, outrun a dog, especially like you know, a German shepherd, which is a fast dog. <laughs> yeah. Also, how would the other one outrun a car? There's no, like, obviously these little, like, you know, ghosts are just toying with them because right. if they wanted to hit them, they could, or if they, they wanted to, you yeah. know, and so it's kind of like, but why, I don't know, the whole thing kind of like was strange to me as you're watching this like dude outrun a car that seems to be intent on killing him i'm like "Mm." yeah Yeah. that's not realistic but yeah i was just fucking with him so yeah oh for sure but i was just kind of it just kind of threw me off the very beginning i was like this is not i mean obviously super nasty super nastral (laughs) super nostril super nostril (laughs) oh no oh so obviously supernatural isn't completely realistic however yeah stuff like that's kind of like um i feel like we're a little bit more realistic than that though yeah it was a ghost car so yeah that's why i don't know apparently just didn't have enough like pressure on the gas (laughs) i think it was just trying to make him feel as afraid as possible well, yeah, 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 but it was just, it was kind of one of those, like, it was just off enough to where I was like, nah, I can't buy this, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyways, okay, so, like, later in the episode, when, you know, Dean's feeling all guilty, and Sam's like, I got no guilt, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't feel guilty anymore. Like, it's kind of one of those, like, I don't know if Sam should feel more guilty or if Dean should feel less guilty. Obviously, Dean should feel less guilty because not everything is his fault, even though he thinks it is. Right. But, like, also the fact that Sam has no guilt. <laughs> well, he feels like, like he paid for it, when it with his time in hell. Yeah. But also, I feel like it would be hard to turn that off, though, still, you know, like, because... Yeah. 
I don't know for me anyways, even if I like suffered a lot in hell, I wouldn't necessarily be like, Oh, well, these things are just have gone away now that I suffered. It's just, yeah. I, suffered I don't know that they've gone away. Guilty. I don't know if they've gone away necessarily. He's just at peace with it and himself, you know? Yeah. I just thought it was a little strange. Like just mostly cause I cannot relate. Like I would feel guilty. Yeah. I would still, too. I know? would too. Yeah. Like it was kind of a little bit like, Hmm, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Like not in a bad way, just kind of a, how do you not feel any guilt at all anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, like, how do you do these things? I want to know the way. And maybe he does feel a little bit, but it just doesn't affect him in the way that it's affecting Dean, you know, like the nonstop drinking and stuff. Like he can just, he can just like handle it. Yeah. I don't know. Like it kind of came across to me as like, he doesn't have guilt anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It came across to me like pretty like point just like hey yeah I don't feel guilty which is hard for me to imagine I mean fine great for him he can pull that off (laughs) yeah but but yeah I just thought it was kind of interesting I was like hmm um but also like okay so when Sam steals that horn like how did he get away with it like did he just like ask the rabbi and the rabbi was like um sure take this you know because like that I don't see that happening but like also that's what I assume happened yeah I mean maybe it was just kind of a strange like he gets caught and then all of a sudden he's got the horn and he's like hey here it is and it's like okay but like what did you do to that rabbi I know it (laughs) could be anything like he could have just threatened him and you know he's this huge dude yeah he could have just been like like look let me take this or i have to kick your ass and i don't want to do that so yeah let me take the horn i may or may not bring it back it depends on how gooey it is (laughs) i know right like i wonder if there was an an intent to bring it back maybe and that's why it was just kind of like oh here take this okay great i'll bring it back okay great you know yeah i don't know it just seemed kind of like it's not like a plot hole that I need to have filled, but it was just kind of a strange, like, how do you go from, uh Oh, I'm caught to, Hey, I got this. And like, yeah, not say anything about what happened or didn't happen to this rabbi. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Is the rabbi unconscious? That's what I want to (laughs) know. I know. Is he okay? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, okay. You cannot convince me that Joe and Dean don't love each other at least a little bit. Oh, I think they do. The way she like lovingly caressed his face and how he like leaned his ha- his head into it. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like as far as shipping goes, definitely Lisa and Dean is like my number one to be with Dean. Yeah. However, well, Joe comes in pretty close second because like... I mean, think about it. They they could like live the life together, but also would that be a good thing or a bad thing? You know, right, right, right. Like there would be no separation of church and state at all. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it would just be yeah with each other all the time. I like, think I ship them equally because I mean, Lisa is really good for Dean because he can come and go, and yeah. she's not going to get all hurt about it. You know, yeah. I mean, yes, she's going to worry, of course, but she's not going to be like concern that he's with other girls or you know what I mean that kind of thing but like but like I love I love Joe so much too I really wanted to see something develop between them 
Oh, for sure. Like, I, I feel like Lisa is at the top of my list for Dean, but Joe is very, very close to that, like, but still second. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I could see that. Just for, like, the complications that that would involve, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, all this is all assuming that Joe is even alive, because let's be real. Right. You know? Like, it ain't gonna work as they are right now, but still. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like, I wish that they would have gone into like that storyline a little bit more with Joe, but mm-hmm. whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. Um, also homie, like finally <laughs> he gets away from Joe and Joe like didn't light the little, little, the, the Zippo. Yes. Thank you. I'm like the little, I'm like just sitting here making a weird thumb motion at the camera. <laughs> the little the thing. Yeah. Rochelle wants to thumb wrestle. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I will win. No way, dude. I am the thumb wrestling champion. Listen, oh no, we're going to have to have some sort of like thumb wrestling match best like two out of three because like i mean i use my hands all day long at work like that's true you're strong but i got some good thumb strength i'm wily i can be wily but i feel like if i can just pull my thumb out and then get you you're done (laughs) yeah we'll have to try (laughs) the battle of the century we'll have someone record it (laughs) we need to have a thumb war (laughs) Uh, oh my gosh we should write this down somewhere let me see okay where am i where's my little paper that i was writing things down have thumb war with lynn record that shit there we go okay so that's gonna happen at some point i don't know when but it'll happen hopefully sometime in the nearish future yeah but anyways like yeah so okay she disappears you know zippo's gone whatever like go turn off the gas <laughs> i think dean does go turn off the gas i mean he does but that would be like my first like i would be afraid to like have static on my shoe you oh know my God, like, yeah you're i would right. be like very carefully walking like tiptoeing over there and like cranking down the gas and like opening up all the windows like first thing like yeah. I would not be wasting any time doing that yeah but I don't know also another thing that I learned is that Lucy likes teeth brushing parties I'm sorry what is that Lucy likes teeth brushing parties I don't I don't remember this they they made a mention at the very end of like Sam and Lucifer having like a toothbrush party how did I miss that <laughs> And I was like, yes, I could just see like, oh, I can see it now. Lucifer and Sam brushing their teeth, rocking out to some like T-Swift or something. Yeah. Oh my God. How did I miss that? I don't have any recollection of this at all. I don't remember what the exact reference was. I should have written it down, but it was definitely along the lines of like, they were kind of implying that they were going to have a toothbrushing party or that Lucifer would want to have a toothbrushing party or something to that effect. Oh my God. That's Ow, Steve is clawing my leg. Oh. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like, I, I think that's just something that we, that needs to happen. Yeah. I want to see that. I want to see Mark Pellegrino and 
Jared Padalecki have a toothbrush war. Oh, like, it would be great. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fabulous. Like, where is Hillywood when you need them? Hey, we need to have this added in to oh one of your God. videos at some point. Just any, any, any time. That'd Just be great. Throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. But anyways, those were my only real thoughts. Pretty random, kind of all over the place, but it's fine. That's okay. Uh, um, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Oh, fuck nuts. Um, <laughs> I did That's not think one. about that. <laughs> um, let me think. Let me think. What was your favorite moment while I think about mine? You know, I think... I don't really know if I have a super favorite moment from this one. I kind of like, you know, Sam was like, um, I was pre-law, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, like, I may not be law, but I was pre-law. I got something, I guess it's better than nothing. Like yeah. that whole kind of like Sam trying to pretend that he's a lawyer and like fake it until you make it sort of situation. I think mm-hmm. that was probably my favorite, like little okay. storyline in this episode, but my favorite moment was when Dean was trying to give him health, give him health, give himself the sex pep talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that was too. amazing. He's like, you're Dean Winchester. This is what you do. You like, can't do it. <laughs> yeah. You, you, I thought that was so funny because it's been so long for him. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So, like, how long has it been? Well, we we're never really going to know how long ago Lisa was, but that was like a serious relationship thing. And this is going to be his first like one night stand. Well, each forever. season is like a year. And when Maybe. did we last see Lisa? Because they make mentions of the years, you know? Yeah. At some yeah, point you're right. Season. You're right. So we know um, each season is a year. So it's probably been, I don't know, wasn't it towards the end of last season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at least a few months, which is a long time for somebody like Dean. <laughs> uh, I get the impression that it's been longer than that, but I'm not really sure. But I mean, hey, if he's somebody that's used to like every town he stops in, there's somebody new and he's going to a couple different towns a week. That's a long freaking time. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> while but yeah the pep talk was pretty good he's yeah. like you got this you got this you could do it like head in the yeah. game man put your head in the game let's go <laughs> you're dean winchester this is what you do I know. You got this. I'm just like oh dean <laughs> figure it out bro <laughs> yeah it's not that hard she totally hit on you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no poor dean <laughs> Maybe that's why he was giving himself a pep talk. Because <laughs> it wasn't hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Gone down a bad rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is not going to get any better. So nope. I'm just going to pull us right out of that and go into our interesting facts. Okay, do it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. You said pull out. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm so sorry to our listeners at home I, you know it's, just, it's one of those days where everything is naughty <laughs> sometimes it just happens that way it's fine yep. Yep. <sighs> okay okay breathe rochelle you're fine you're fine okay interesting facts <laughs> 
So um, it says it's set in Dearborn, Michigan. Um, this episode, it says a male victim is running down the street to get away from a dog and runs past McGowan's Irish pub. Um, season six, episode 17, uh, Mannequin 3, The Reckoning, is set from 2011, is set in Patterson, New Jersey. Um, a male victim walks into the same McGowan's Irish pub. Oh, that's right. Which I kind of remember. Yeah, it's the girl with the haunted kidney. Oh, yeah. And then they work in like that factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I remember that. Um, yeah. It says Sam suggests that the car might be Christine like. Um, he's referring to the 1983 Stephen King novel and subsequent movie about an antique car gone homicidal. Yeah, I remember enjoying that book, but I was like nine, so I can't really remember anything about it. <laughs> I would have never been able to like read anything like that when I was nine. I never would have slept. Like, oh yeah, I love that. Stuff. I would look eighty years old right now if I would have read <laughs> stuff like that when I was a kid. Like, I just, I can't. I mean, I can read it now to an extent. Yeah. You know, like probably not a good idea. Like right before I want to go to bed or something. But still. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Ooh, nope, definitely not when I was nine though. No man, I was a wuss when I was nine. Oh really? <laughs> oh man, I like. Okay, when I was a kid. Okay, so this is up until, I don't even know. Like, let me just put it this way. I slept with my head under the covers for the longest time for like a lot of growing up because I was afraid of something like seeing me. So I'd get under the covers, leave myself a little tiny air hole for my nose to poke through and like not move. So then that way nothing could see me. Because, you know, it's just like, because ah! I was convinced that something yeah. was out to get me. I don't know what I thought was out to get me, but I was convinced that it was going to be something. Yeah. And so even now, like, I was going to say, don't you still sleep like that? I do because I spent so long doing it as a kid and like up into probably even like middle school. Cause hello, I'm a chicken Yeah. <laughs> that like, that's how I like, it's not, I can fall asleep without having it's just like a comfort thing now like I am the most comfortable when I have myself all like burritoed in bed you know mm -hmm. and so like if it's hot outside or something and I don't want to sleep like under the covers it takes me a while to fall asleep like and it's not because I'm like nervous about anything it's just like oh like this isn't my natural like cocoon state <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? like, I get it like I'm exposed oh like uh you know yeah but Anyways, like I have to even some people, I don't know how they do it, but like in the summer, they like won't sleep with like covers or they'll have like a sheet, you know, and like I have yeah. to have something like heavy over me. Oh, really? Sleep, even if it's like 95 degrees outside, it doesn't matter. You should get one of those like cooling weighted blankets for summer. Yeah. I didn't know they made cooling ones. Yeah, they do make cooling ones. I feel like that would be really expensive. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're really? decently priced. Yeah, you should check on Amazon. Hmm. I'll yeah. have to check that out at some point because, yeah, like, I, I'm a chicken. I definitely, yeah, nope. I was convinced that something was out to get me, like, all probably out through, like, middle school. And then, like, I was okay after that. But I still, the easiest way for me to fall asleep is to, like, you know, bury myself. Yeah. <laughs> and not come out until morning oh um, that, would, that would suck in the summer man yeah like and you know once I'm asleep it doesn't matter yeah but it's the falling asleep part and that's usually when you get the most sweaty you know oh yeah <laughs> but 
Ugh. Anyways. Okay. So it says Sam mentions he saw an ob. Er, wait. Hmm. Sam mentions he saw an objection from the trial on the Good Wife from 2009. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like that's kind of a weird sentence, but it's fine. Um, it says Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays John Winchester, Sam and Dean's father, went on to play Jason Kraus um, on that very same show a few years later. Oh, okay. Um, it says after the second unexplained death, Dean says, "All right, so what? He causes so much misery that some Rottweiler goes cujo on him from beyond the grave." Um, he's referring to the 1981 Stephen King and subsequent movie of the same name about a rabid dog. Okay, I read that book too. You I think feel I, bad for the dog, not for the person. <laughs> you think, yeah, oh yeah, you think that I wouldn't be able to watch or to watch that to read that because of the dog thing? But I read it when I was a kid, and I yeah. didn't really have an animal problem as yeah. much back then. And it is a really sad fucking book. Like it doesn't have a good ending. Yeah. Oh well, it's, I mean, Stephen King generally, I would assume, doesn't have very good endings. Yeah. Well, a lot of times he does oh, have decent okay. endings. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this one, this one was sad. Like, like a kid dies and I just spoiled that for everybody who wanted to read Cujo. (laughs) The kid fucking dies and it's horrible from like, from like being stuck in a hot car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like the kid and his mom are stuck in a hot car and Mm -hmm. the, and the dog is trying to get them. Yeah. And for some reason, I don't know why she can't drive away. I can't remember because I read it when I was like nine. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) been a little while. Yeah. 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 Well, it was a sad book. I don't know. Like, I think was, oh, was it Stephen King? No, it was Edgar Allan Poe. I think that there was like an SAT book or something that it's like on one page, like they have all of the stories on like the left side and on the right side, they have all these words for like the SAT or whatever that they like highlighted and gave you definitions for. So you're like, mm-hmm. it's like an SAT learning book slash like horror book, which that was like, it's probably still the only like horror type book that I actually have, but yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know why my parents decided that was what I needed because listen, I've been a chicken I'm still a chicken. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. I was just kind of like, I'm going to try and read this. And then I was like, I can't read this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it would be fine now, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so it says, uh, the title of this episode is taken from the film Defending Your Life from 1991 by Albert, B- Albert, Albert Brooks. <laughs> Oh man. In that film, the recently dead wait to have their fate determined whether they will go to heaven or be sent back to earth for a new life. The determination is made during a trial like procedure. Hmm. Okay. Um, Never heard of it. Yeah, no, neither have I. Um, it says when Dean is talking about one of the victims in the episode, he states that vengeance, vengeance on the guy who Michael Vick do makes sense. Um, Michael Vick was a football player in the NFL who like the victim of the episode also went to jail for running an illegal dog fighting ring okay i feel like i've heard that name before i haven't but i don't know if it's just from watching supernatural or like you know yeah hearing about the actual guy yeah um it says dean quips that the ghost has a license to kill um license to kill from 1989 is the 16th james bond movie and denotes bond's status as an mi6's elite oh okay um I, I didn't, didn't know there's that, that many i knew there was a lot of james bond movies but 16 yeah that's a lot yeah that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it says teach grant who plays Christopher Fisher starred in the movie devour from 2005 with Jensen Ackles. Who was he in this, sh- in this episode? I don't know. It doesn't say, 
I would assume that it's one of the people, it's either the guy um, that killed the people from, or that shot the people, or, well, I would assume it's one of the people that died. Maybe. Or maybe it's the guy who plays Osiris. I can't remember. Could be. Yeah. I've never seen Devour. Have you? I have. It's really good, actually. We should watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I definitely haven't, uh, haven't seen it, but. Um, it says the setting of this episode is Dearborn, Michigan. Um, when Dean and Sam find out they need a ram's horn to use against Osiris, Dean says, what? Dean? <laughs> Sam? Dean. Not, that was an interesting one. A, a mixture between Dean and Sam, a Dean. 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 <laughs> Sam <laughs> says, where are we going to find a ram's horn, horn in Dearborn? <laughs> I had too much coffee, I think. there's a chain of restaurants called ram's horn in and around dearborn okay um it says when osiris confronts dean uh dean says i'd rather talk about your bukowski shtick at the bar um he's referring to charles bukowski from 1920 to 1994 um a poet and novelist whom time magazine called a laureate of american low life (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh good (laughs) i can see that um it says the diner christopher fisher runs into and is killed in is the same diner where um dean killed eve in episode six or season six episode 19 uh called mommy dearest from 2011 so christopher fisher who is teach grant from devour so it was the guy that was almost killed by the or was killed by the dog oh okay got it sounds like yeah but anyways so those are interesting facts um (laughs) The, our research from this week, sorry, Steve's in my lap and he keeps like jumping every time like a sound happens outside and I'm not really sure what's happening, but it keeps like distracting me. And cause you can't do that, buddy. I got ADD. So our research from, uh, this week is on Osiris because you know, as you do, and this yeah. is the only time we see him. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta take your opportunities where you get them. Um, so this is off of cliffsnotes.com. <laughs> okay. And I'm not sure what, it just says summary and analysis, Egyptian mythology, Osiris. So I don't know if they're just like taking a summary of all of mythology or if they're coming from like a specific book or whatever. And I don't. Oh yeah. That's weird. I'm not you know, sure. Like, Cause cliff note, cliff's notes are like, usually they summarize a book and tell you what happens. Right. Yeah. So I'm not sure if this is like from just a bunch of random books and this is what they got or Mm -hmm. from like anything specific, but they don't say, so I can't really uh, give you a good, uh, like a reference there. (laughs) Um, So it says the first son of Jeb and, or I'm guessing Jeb uh, and Nut, (laughs) um, Osiris was tall, slender and handsome with jet black hair. When his father, Jeb, gave up the reigning power over Egypt and retired into the heavens, Osiris took over kingship and married his sister, the beautiful Isis. Um, under his wise authority, the Egyptians were persuaded to renounce cannibalism. <laughs> good. Oh, good. <laughs> it's I like good. that. Yeah. <laughs> when you got inbreeding and cannibalism, things are bound to go wrong. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, says, I know, for real. Um, It says, he taught them farming and the pleasures of music, and he framed a just legal code for them. Egypt flourished peacefully under his rule. When Osiris went off to civilize the rest of the world and brought the same blessings to Europe, the Near East, and the Orient, or and brought, um, it says, in his absence, Isis reigned as queen of Egypt, and the land continued to prosper. 
However, Osiris had an ugly and evil brother with red coarse or cor <laughs> Sorry, I can't read. <laughs> Os Osiris had an ugly and evil brother with red coarse hair like an ass's pelt. <laughs> Does it really say that? Yep. <laughs> an ass's pelt. Okay. All right. He had ass hair. <laughs> that for a long time his mother's name was nut and his brother had ass hair <laughs> <laughs> poor bloke <laughs> <sighs> okay all this being said i really find egyptian like history mythology fascinating oh yes for sure <laughs> but still some of the names <laughs> uh, it's fine okay okay uh, where am i i'm crying Ass I can't see my words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it says, this was Set, a born plotter who envied the power and attractiveness of his elder brother. Set had another reason for hating Osiris. His own wife, oh, Nephthys, I'm going to say, um, had conceived a child by Osiris, the jackal-headed Anubis. But uh, by bribery and cunning, Set gained many allies during Osiris's absence, and together they devised a plan for the king's death. When it was announced that Osiris would return, Set held a banquet and invited his brother. After the festivities, Set had a beautiful chest brought forth and said that it would belong to the person who fitted it perfectly. After everyone had tried, Osiris stepped into the chest. Then Set and his toadies slammed the lid shut and sealed the joints with lead. Osiris suffocated and the chest was thrown into the Nile and Set became king of Egypt. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> like, that's a plotter if I ever heard of one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Cinderella in the glass slipper, but like, more bad. <laughs> yeah, more bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it says, when Isis learned of her husband's death, she traveled along the Nile in deepest grief, um, searching for the chest containing Osiris. She found Anubis, who had been abandoned by Nephthys, and, er, and she nursed and educated him. Isis continued looking for Osiris through repeated discouragements until one day she learned the chest has sailed, er, had sailed to Phoenicia, where a tamarisk tree had enveloped it within its trunk. Um, Isis went to Phoenicia and found the tree in the king's palace serving as a pillar. Isis taught the court ladies the art of perfumery and hairdressing, and upon meeting the queen Ishtar, was engaged as a nurse to Ishtar's infant son. <clears throat> My voice just went all weird. I don't know what's happening. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, at night, she performed a magic ritual to make the infant immortal by burning away his mortal parts. <laughs> what's that supposed Whoa, to Whoa, that doesn't sound okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ishtar interrupted the ceremony and the spell was broken. Then Isis revealed herself as a goddess in all her glory and asked to have the chest in the palace pillar. Odd, Ishtar granted the request and Isis returned to Egypt with the chest. Aided by Nephthys, um, Isis revived Osiris through magic and conceived a son by him. And uh, Set then put her in prison from which she escaped with the help of Anubis. Isis fled the swamps or to the swamps of the Nile's or the Nile Delta, and living like a peasant, she gave birth to Osiris's son, Horus the Hawk, born to avenge his father's murder. I'm sorry, most of these names, like, don't really sound, I don't know, I, like, they don't sound Egyptian to me. Like, oh, they Horus, do to me. You know? 
Yeah, they do to me. Really? Just because I've heard <clears throat> some of these legends before. Yeah. Okay. It's just interesting. Like, I mean, some of them obviously like do, but I don't know. Like mm-hmm. Horace to me just sounds like somebody that lives out in Kentucky somewhere. You know, oh, I don't know why I picked Kentucky, but <laughs> you know, like I don't know. We are totally like- fine with Kentucky. P.S. Oh just yeah, no, that. I have no problem with Kentucky, but it just like I hear the name Horace and I envision like an old man in suspenders for some reason, and I don't oh. really know why. <laughs> like, that's just not that there's anything with old men in, or anything wrong with old men in suspenders either. But <laughs> this is just where my brain goes. I should shut up now. I'm gonna yeah, shut up. You should. <laughs> Anyways. Um, oh my gosh, my voice. What is happening? Okay, it says, in fear of set, Isis raised Horus in seclusion. The boy was bitten by beasts, stung by a scorpion, and suffered intense pains through his childhood, and only his mother's witchcraft managed to save him. Often, Osiris would appear to the young Horus to instruct him in the arts of war in preparation for the coming battle with Set. Horus grew to manhood as a valiant, handsome young general. In time, Set learned of Horus's existence and of his destiny to take over the throne of Egypt. Set also learned that Isis possessed the chest containing Osiris's corpse, so at night, Set would hunt through the Nile Delta in search of the chest. At length, he found it and cut Osiris's body into 14 pieces and threw them into the Nile. Damn. That's, <laughs> oof, yuck. Um, Isis was appalled at his second, er, what? Isis was appalled at the second calamity to befall her husband, but with her customary patience, she collected 13 pieces of Osiris's body from the river. Horus, having learned the art of sorcery, was able to join his father's body together again. However, Osiris... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> However, Osiris's genitals had been eaten by some fish, so Isis was obliged to make a model of them. <laughs> Oh, no. That's not funny. It's hilarious. (laughs) What? How? Uh, That's awful. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Just awful, but like, what? That whole sentence. (laughs) I like that you and I both read this before we decided to have you read it on the podcast. And I managed to miss that part completely. (laughs) I missed it too. I skimmed it apparently. Did not really see the whole. I feel like the word genitals would have stuck out to me. but (laughs) Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. It's fine. I don't know. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, so it says, by this time, Horus had gathered an army in which to attack Set. Under Set's reign, Egypt had become parched and infertile, and many of Set's followers were deserting to serve Horus. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. The cat's in my lap, and he farted, and it's so bad. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> no more farting, Steve. Go to the litter box. Oh, you might need to. Oh, my eyes are watering. That's so bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Girl, I'm fine. Okay. Oh, this is really bad over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, he's just looking at me like, yeah, take that. You can't move, and I know it's, it's because you put him in that flannel shirt, <laughs> and this is his revenge. I'm going to fart on you when you can't move. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, 
Okay, where was I? Okay, it says, after restoring his father's body, Horus set out to wreak vengeance on the dreadful king. Set and Horus fought furiously for three days and nights in hand-to-hand combat, and Set was defeated. Horus turned the wretched captive over to his mother Isis and went, to, went off to pursue and kill Set's followers. Set seemed merely pitiable and changed, in chains, not change. And using all of his powers of persuasion, he talked the forgiving Isis into releasing him. When Horace returned and learned of this, his anger was so great, he chopped off his mother's head. Oh. <laughs> the god Thoth? I don't know if I said that right. I think I so. Think so. Um, then replaced Isis's head with that of the cow goddess Hathor and brought her back to life. They're just like switching body parts left and right. Like what's happening? It's like, That's here's crazy. a new body. First yeah. head transplant man that's some With intense stuff um so it says uh, here we are okay so together horus and isis pursued set and when they met, uh, met the fighting was even more intense set managed to grab horus's eye and tear it out but horus rested it back and finally i'm guessing wrestled is what the word they were looking for there but mm-hmm. horus wrestled it back and finally drove set into the red sea forever um, Horus and Isis then returned to the temple where Hor- or Osiris's body lay. Um, Horus embraced the body and fed it his own eye that had been torn out, and Osiris revived as a truly godlike personage. Pers- <laughs> personage. <laughs> My okay, he ate his eyeball. Like- he force-fed the dead guy his eyeball and then brought him back to life. It's like in The Princess Bride where they force-feed Wesley that little chocolate-covered thing. I know, the magic pill. Yeah. The miracle pill or whatever. The miracle pill, yeah. <laughs> it's The Princess oh, Bride. It's so good. But that's. I wonder if they got like, I don't know, probably not. The it's possible idea. that they got the inspiration from that though. Um, okay where am I okay Um, it says next Horus prepared a ladder for his father to ascend into heaven by this means Osiris rose into the sky with Isis on one side of him and Nephthys on the other the gods sat in judgment on him and with Thoth as his advocate Osiris was declared to have lived a pure and truthful life from there Osiris went to the seat of judgment where he in turn was allowed to judge the souls of the dead um Horus was recognized by the gods as being Osiris's legitimate son and the rightful heir to the throne of Egypt. Under his dominion, Egypt grew fruitful again, and he sired four pure sons from whom an entire line of Egyptian pharaohs descended. Wow. That was a rough read, man. I'm telling you, I don't know what's happening. I think it's the coffee going through my system. Oh, you did fine. Oh, but anyways, yeah. So that's kind of how Osiris became judge by you know being revived by an eyeball and then here you lived a good life go judge people <laughs> yeah that was interesting that was wow. a very very bad summary of it on my part but still <laughs> uh, okay um so what was your idiot or asset moment from this week okay well this is very short but um the other day i was thinking about um season seven of supernatural and about all the dick jokes that we're gonna encounter and how i'm gonna have to and how i'm gonna have to be the one to say them you know (laughs) why do you have to be the one to say them because i read the summary of the episode oh yeah yeah (laughs) so i'm gonna be saying a lot of dick jokes and i was gonna be laughing at a lot of dick jokes yeah so i was kind of i was kind of giggling to myself about it and killian was like mommy why are you smiling and I was like, oh, I was just thinking about how cute daddy is. And he all snottily goes, why aren't you thinking about how cute I am? 
okay, you little ass butt. <laughs> like, oh my god, the freaking ego on this kid, ego on this kid. I said ego. <laughs> Almost sounded like you said ego. <laughs> the the ego, ego on this, on this kid. kid. <laughs> the waffles on this kid, man. <laughs> That kid has got some massive waffles. (laughs) That sounds like a euphemism now. Okay. What was your urgent harassment moment? (laughs) Okay. So mine is kind of an embarrassing story that we, I don't remember how it came up, but we were talking about something the other day on the phone and I was like, oh my gosh, have I told you about the time that I passed out? And you're like, no. And I'm like, great. Let me tell you this. So it was kind of an idiot moment for me. So generally, like, I, like, I have a pretty high pain tolerance and I don't know if this was like a pain thing or not, but like, (laughs) well, there's two stories about passing out, but I'll save the other one for later because that's a good one. Um, I'll save that for a couple, (laughs) a couple episodes. So that way it's not too many passing outs and, you know, anyways, continuing. Um, (laughs) so, um, when I went to get my belly button pierced when I was 18, because I could, you know, yeah, I went with one of my friends. Well, I went with four of my friends and one of the other ones, shout out to Raquel, got hers done with me. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I need to go first because if I see yours first and it bothers me, I'm not going to do it. And so she's like, you're tough. You'll go last. And I was like, great. Thanks. <laughs> you know, which whatever, fine. It didn't bother me. Okay. Um, so she went, she was fine. You know, like she, you know, she was like, that's not comfortable, but whatever. And so I'm like, okay, you know, like if she could do it, I could do it. Cause I got a higher pain tolerance than her most of the time. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I go and I like get my belly button pierced. I'm on the table. I get up and I stand up and was there, oh no, maybe I must've gotten it. I think somebody else must've gotten it done was there three of us that did it? No, it was just us. I don't remember. But at any rate, all I remember is that I was standing there after I got my belly button pierced, kind of like leaned against a wall. And I was like, trying to keep it together going, I think I might pass out. This is the first, you know, like, what do I do? Yeah. And I just remember saying something to the effect of like, I need to sit down and then just like sliding down the wall and like crumpling. (laughs) into this ball like still sitting upright but definitely like out you know and I just remember hearing my one friend going is she okay is she supposed to be shaking like that (laughs) (laughs) you were shaking were you like seizing no not seizing but like when you come to when you pass out you shake kind of sometimes like because your body's trying to like wake up you know and you're still kind of like out of it you know yeah and so I, I like came to and they're like, you know, I just kind of got ribbed a little bit for like, haha, you passed out. Like you're the one with the high pain tolerance and you passed out. Neener, neener. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of an idiot moment on my part. I just oh. full on apparently couldn't handle it and passed out. And then it was fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> after that, I was no problems at all. But yeah, that was, that was definitely uh, an interesting 
Yeah. That reminds me, I didn't pass out, but I watched, um, this is when I was like 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. One of my friends, uh, shout out to Dana, who totally does not listen to this podcast, but. <laughs> hey, whatever. Um, you never know. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> maybe. She's a total badass. She got her nipples pierced. Ooh, ouch. And she got one pierced just to like, see if she could handle it. Uh-huh. And then a couple weeks later went to get the other one pierced. And she's like, will you come with me? Uh-huh. And I was like, Yes, (laughs) I I will go with you. Yeah. And so I got to watch it happen. And I mean, I was like, I was like a foot away from her nipple. Like I was like straight up bent over it watching this giant giant ass needle. Nope. Her nipple. (laughs) Thinking about it. It was so awful to watch. Oh, God. <laughs> I could not handle it. I mean, I didn't throw up or anything, but I felt queasy as fuck for like hours afterwards. Oh, yeah. Because then you just keep thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. I can't believe. Because that ain't fake. You're seeing that shit real time. <laughs> and there's nothing. And see, I thought it was going to be like a tiny little like ear piercing needle. No, it is a it's a super thick needle that goes through your. It's nipple. like probably, I would guess it. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I would guess that it's probably just like a size smaller than like a belly button one. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh, I don't feel good because I think the normal. I want to say I could totally be wrong here, but I think the normal, um, the normal needle size for like an ear piercing is like a twenty. Okay. And. Or no, yeah, a 20. And then it's either an 18 or a 20. And then I think a belly button piercing is like a 14 or a 16. I don't remember. I don't know. So I would think it would be like in between those sizes and not quite belly button thickness. But you never know. I don't know. Like to me, I'm looking at my belly button ring going, oh my God, I can't imagine that going through anything else other than where it's at. That sounds awful. It was very upsetting to watch. It makes everything hurt just thinking about it. I know. I know. Every time I've I've, like thought about it since I've just like grabbed my boobs and been like, never. (laughs) Don't worry, babies. I'll never do that to you. like I'm sorry yeah yeah I'm sorry you had to think about that you know <laughs> well oh. thanks for this yeah I'm I, I'm I'm just gonna go into the outro <laughs> is oh, there anything go for else it. okay <laughs> I was just having a last second like Ew. yeah <laughs> I know it makes me just want to like huh. yep a little bit yep <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.